This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Saying all the should-haves, it's not solving the actual issue of the lateness. And for our kids, that, that like, right? Just presenting to them that they should have done something that they didn't do doesn't help them build that problem-solving skill. Yeah, and it's making an assumption on what the cause of the problem is. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by the delightful Brie Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? Today, Brie, we're talking about what are your favorite topics? What What is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm an expert at that one. I am an expert at it. <laughs> we tease. It's good-natured teasing, but I feel like you, you own up to it and you tease yourself about being late as well. Oh, yeah. Like, I just wrote something, and I don't even remember when I wrote it for where I was all like, it's it, – oh, it was a yeah an ad. <laughs> Where I was like, yeah, I leave the house at 7.58 to make it to an 8 a.m. meeting at 30 minutes away. That's me. That's how I roll. Yeah. My, my kids use Life360 to figure out how late I'm going to be at picking them up. So, you know. My, my kids want to use Life360 on my husband for that reason, that exact <laughs> reason, to see where they are, see where he is, and then to know, like, where they need to be. <laughs> but it's funny, like, I remember when we were picking up stuff for the retreat last year, you're like, I'm on my way. And I'm like, you have just left your house, haven't you? Yep. <laughs> uh, actually, most of the scary part is that most of the time when you get the I'm on my way text, I'm normally in my bathroom on the third floor of my house. So I don't have shoes on. I don't have a purse yet. I'm nowhere near my garage. I'm two flights away. Like, Add another five minutes to that. I'm on my way, but for some reason, in my head, my my the clock starts right there. It starts right yeah. there of the I've left, and so that's why a lot of times I'm like, oh, I have time. I don't add in the yeah. five to ten minutes it takes me to get down to my car. 
And then I'm like, why am I late? I left on time. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on here. What? I don't understand. But it it's such a big point of frustration, especially for us parents, when like we have trouble getting out of the house on time. And then our kids are also making us even later, bringing up so many things. I I mean, I think me in particular, when other people make me late, I go crazy. I go crazy because I do not like to be late. I'm, I like to be there about on time. I'm glad like that, that just... you give me some grace with that. But you've also learned the Brie trick of like, you just tell me like an hour before I have to be there. So, well, yeah. But like, I can't be late like to anything. If I'm walking in the door two minutes later, I am apologizing profusely for being late. And I, I don't know why I'm like that, but I think like if you're listening to this podcast, you might be a little like that too. And you want your kids to be on time. Like you hate this being late, but perhaps nothing you've said so far has really worked out, which happens. It happens. And in this episode, we are going to tell you the things not to say to your kids when they're late and what to say instead. So on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Okay, let's let's dig into this, Brie, because I think like if you look at your past and your childhood, were you always late? Oh, probably. So like I would say I am one of those people that has very bad conception of time. I always think I can fit more things into the time frame I have, and I blame it on my procrastination. I'm a huge procrastinator, always have been. That's how my brain works. In college, I was the kid who wrote her paper the night before and churned out Mm -hmm. an 11-page paper the night before, and that's the only way I could get it done. And so, yeah, I guess that's why. Like, I'm always trying to cram too much in there. And then when I was a kid kid, I was a latchkey kid. So I didn't have anybody there to tell me it was time to leave or to get out the door. Like, my dad woke me up, and then he left for work, and my mom was already – she worked at the hospital, so she was already at work, and – I my my consequences were I either made the bus or I did it. <laughs> Those were mm-hmm. the so yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's why. Yeah, I've never I've I've always been slightly on time. Like I've been about the same amount I am now. But <laughs> when when I was younger, it always used to be called the Madden Hour, and Madden's my maiden name. But we would go over to my uncle and aunt's house and we would say we'd be there by three and we wouldn't be there by four. And it's like the Madden hour because in the house, it was my dad. My dad was always the one to make the entire house late because when it was time to go, that was when he would start getting ready to go. And it drove my mom insane, insane. Because I think my mom is the same as me. She hates being late. She does not like what it looks like. She doesn't want anyone else to think like she is taking advantage of their time or anything like that. Basically, all the thought processes that I have, I can understand very, very well. And so this frustration, when other people make you late, you just want to like blow a gasket. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
And I think especially when it comes to getting kids out the door for school, especially like if we are working and we have to get to work at a certain time. So like their lateness is affecting our lateness and it's just this horrible situation. So one of the things not to say to kids is you should have gone to bed earlier. Oh my gosh. Have you ever had that said to you, Brie? Um, like you should have gone to bed earlier. Well, when I got it, so like I, I on a, another podcast episode uh, that'll air a little bit later, we were talking about how yesterday I was late to pick up my daughter, and I told her yeah. I was like, couldn't be helped. I hit every red light, and she's like, you could have left earlier. To me, that's almost the same thing as you should have gone to bed earlier. And yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, that's huh, is another not to say like like you should have gotten up earlier, like because that's yeah, that's right there with it. That's kind of the same thing. It's, you should have, you yeah. should have, you should have, you should have. Yeah, you should have gone to bed earlier. You should have gotten up earlier. Like I know, I for sure have said that before. Yeah, and like how have you had that said to you? Probably. I've had everything said to me under the sun about I mean, it. Are you kidding me? This is like, I bet you if you talk to my ex-husband, he'd be like, yeah, that was definitely uh, something I had a hard time living with. <laughs> like, well, yeah. But do you remember like your feelings when people say you should have? Yeah. Like it, it always makes you feel bad. And it's it's also like, well, a lot of help that does for me now. Like, yeah. Telling me now that I should have gotten up earlier two hours ago. Is completely unhelpful in this situation. But it also mm-hmm. just makes you feel like you're just, I, I don't know, almost like you don't have the skills capable to do it. Yeah. So. Yeah. My reaction is I'm like, damn straight I should have. But do you know what? There were a lot of other things going on. <laughs> I'm like, you're like, in a perfect world? Yes. But that's not the world we live in. It's like I'm completely aware that I should have woken up earlier. I'm, I am aware of that. Yeah. And I... I don't know how to stop it. And I don't. Yeah. Like, it's not solving the issue. Like, saying all the should haves, it's not solving the actual issue of the lateness. And for our kids, that, that like, right? Just presenting to them that they should have done something that they didn't do doesn't help them build that problem-solving skill. Yeah. And it's making an assumption on what the cause of the problem is. Like, if your child is late and you say, oh, you should have gone to bed earlier, you're assuming that okay, they're not getting enough sleep and they have to sleep in and that is why they're so tired in the morning and that is why they're not getting the things done. Where in reality, that may actually not be it at all. Maybe they couldn't fall asleep last night because they were worried about something or worried about an assignment or worried about something for school. Or maybe like they couldn't wake up and do things in the morning that fast because they were missing like the shoe they were supposed to wear. Like they could only find one shoe and they spent so much time looking for that other shoe that that's the real issue and it's not the bedtime or the sleepiness issue. Or they had a terrible night's sleep or they had a nightmare and it, again, like affected their sleep and so they had a hard time getting up in the morning or when they got up, they got up on time, but they were moving twice as slow because their body was just exhausted. Yeah, exactly. And we don't know that when we say you should have, you should have done this, you should have done that. Yeah. The more helpful thing to do is, first of all, we say this a lot, you cannot solve this issue in the moment because you are pissed off. If you're anything like me, you are pissed off that you're late. Yeah. (laughs) You're pissed off at the kids. You're pissed off at yourself. You're pissed off at life and you're pissed off at the clock. 
Yeah. <laughs> and your job, which is like, why the hell does this meeting have to be so early right. in the morning? <laughs> and your husband, who's like, oh, his work wasn't so like pissed off at the world. Pissed off at the world. Yes. So while you're pissed off, you cannot make this conversation happen. But if it happens a lot, this lateness, you could then ask your kids later. Be like, hey, we had a really difficult time getting out the door on time this morning. Mm -hmm. Like, what's up? And just try to find out exactly what the issue is by questioning. It's all about questioning. I always think of the phrase, um, it's kind of a mean phrase, but it helps me remember. Uh, you have two ears and one mouth. Use them accordingly. And it's something that <laughs> it's something that we have to remember with our kids because I think we get into this rhythm of giving them all this great advice. And we think like, oh, if they only listened to us and if they only like accepted our words and followed our instructions, their lives would be perfect. But really, we're only assuming what the issue is. And so we need to ask them questions to actually figure out what their blocks are. Asking them stuff like, you know, what are you having trouble with in the morning? What caused um, you to have difficulty getting out the door this morning? What could we do to make it easier for you to get it out the door? Those kind of things. Just figuring out what exactly that issue is that's causing the lateness. Uh, and we're going to get into our next two things to say right after this. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Hey all, it is Joanne and Bree here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. 
And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. Okay, the next thing, not to say to your kids when they're late. Okay, you ready, Brie? Yes. Something along the lines of, you don't get any screen time today. Ah, It's taking away those privileges because they were late in the morning. I was going to say, the age old, well then, you don't get to enjoy other things hours later that are completely unrelated to what happened. And that's going to cause me personal suffering taking away from you because then you're going to be in my hair all afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. The only time, and and I don't know if you're going to agree with this or not, the only time that I would say that if you're going to take away screen time, it would have to be directly related to the situation. So for instance, when my kids were a lot younger, my son didn't have to get to school as early as his sister because they went to two different schools. And so if he was dressed, ate breakfast, packed and ready for school early, he could play Minecraft in the morning while he waited for his sister to get ready and have us get her out the door And then we come back and grab him and take him to school. So if he was playing Minecraft and wasn't ready, then I would say no screen time for you tomorrow morning because today you showed that we couldn't get it done. But that's the only way where I think that that could possibly be related. Otherwise, that whole arbitrarily taking away things doesn't help anything. Uh, and I would, I, I would, I would agree with you that it is related. Then I would say, like, it could go one step further though with the Minecraft, where he could be put in control of his Minecraft use and asking him to figure out the issue. Because usually, when kids are stuck playing a video game, like when they are totally absorbed in it, mm-hmm. when they look back, they can usually admit that, hey, I got, I lost track of time because I was playing this game. Yeah, and. They would also be like, yeah, maybe this made me late. So the whole questioning thing works really well in this situation too. You know, of course, waiting until it's calm and then being like, so, hey, yeah. so like what were the difficulties this morning? Like how how did we not get out the door? Right. And getting them to say that because when people say something that's wrong, but- you will have such better luck than if you tell them what's wrong. Exactly. Because again, like you just said, it's not their perspective. It's your perspective. Mm-hmm. And as far as they're concerned, for most kids, we don't know what we're talking about. We're just a parent. (laughs) No, I can do it. I can make it work. Okay. But it's hard, though. And we get it. It's a hard balance when, like you already pointed out, like if them being late impacts you and more than just a now I'm behind on running errands, like a I'm going to be late to a meeting and I'm going to get reprimanded by my boss. Or Mm -hmm. I'm going to be late to a doctor's appointment and they're going to cancel my appointment and now I'm going to owe them $100 for a missed appointment. Like, That's a big one. Yeah. Like we get that 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 happens. But at the same time, you're going to – it's like trying to run in quicksand when you keep telling them what's wrong and what the solution needs to Mm -hmm. be. Yeah. And for those kind of situations, like it's all about telling your kids also what's going on because I feel like – 
we we try to hurry them on along, but we don't tell them the reasons behind the hurrying mm-hmm. along. We're just like, hurry up. You're going to make me late. Hurry up. Hurry up. Yeah. Hurry up. Like, because we're so in that mindset where we're just stressed. Yeah. And our logical brains, they're not thinking. They're not online. We just need that child out of the house right now. And then later we give ourselves shame for yelling at our kids or snapping with our kids. Mm-hmm. And I want you to hear this and I want you to make sure that you give yourself some self-compassion for those moments because it's not how the human brain works. You are overloaded with stress. Your amygdala is producing all of these stress hormones and cortisol in your body mm-hmm. and you cannot think straight. And it's not being able to control it better. It's not like being able to keep calm. It's just the reality of the situation. So that's why if you had a really stressful morning with your kids, don't talk about it right then. Just be like, we're going to talk about this when we get home. Like, you could say it like that. I say it like that too. (laughs) Yeah. And then that's when you can start asking them the questions. And once you've got everything behind the reason that they were late, that's where you can go in with your concerns and be like, okay, I hear everything you're saying. This morning, I was late to a meeting and my boss yelled at me. Right. And just let it sit there. And I think I have found so many times that because of the role that I played in my family, both with my ex-husband and then also even after I got divorced and I was a single mom, I have always been fortunate enough to have a job that has been flexible. Like that, Mm -hmm. first of all, people like me enough that they they are willing to oversee the fact that Brie is chronically late. Um, and that's just on her side, not even with the kids. Like my work would laugh at me that I would be later getting into the office when I didn't have the kids than when I did. <laughs> so, but that's another conversation. I always- it works better now that your office is in your home. <laughs> right. Because now when you say I'm on my way, you're actually there in a minute. <laughs> yes. Now I'm actually there like in 30 seconds if I'm not already like with it right there in front of me. But yeah, so it's, it's funny because I always had a flexible job. And because of that, what that meant, what my kids saw was, all right, if we have a half day, mom can still pick us up. All right, if I have an assembly, mom's going to come and be there. You know, she can be flexible. They didn't know that on the backside of that, to be flexible, that meant that sometimes I did have things that were non-flexible, but they didn't know that. So like you said, Mm -hmm. I was late today to a meeting and I ended up getting in trouble or I was late to a meeting and I made 15 other people have to sit around and wait for me. Because I wasn't there. And they would never in a million years have imagined that's why I was yelling to get out the door on time. They never in a million years. Because all they see is flexible mom. Flexible. Yeah, exactly. Flexible mom. And also uh, to address a yeah, but because I know that sometimes when you start telling your concerns to your kids, they come back at you with like, so? That hurts. That doesn't affect me. That hurts. It it, It hurts a lot. And that is a sign that they are still angry. They're still angry about something. They're saving some face. Anytime like I see a kid come back with that, I'm like, ooh, okay. We're not quite ready to talk about this yet. Yeah. And that's what I'll say. I'll be like, okay, that hurt what you said to me right there. Mm -hmm. We need to pause this conversation and talk about it again when we are both less angry. Yeah. And just step away and let things cool down. But Don't be surprised if your kids come back at you with that. It's not that they're horrible people. It's that at that time, it could be the fear of getting in trouble. It could be the fear of being confronted. It could be anything going on in their brains right at that moment. It doesn't mean they're a horrible person. It doesn't mean you're raising a horrible person. 
It doesn't mean they're going to turn into a sociopath who like murders everybody and has no respect for the feelings of those around him, <laughs> which what? I think are the fears. And that, and that our kid's <laughs> going to be a social outcast and they're going to live in a van down by the river. Like, yeah. 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 I think those are our fears when those responses come. So just see those responses and be like, mm, and where tensions are still high. Yeah. And we're going to talk about it, this later. Yeah. Pokes our buttons. Pokes, Pokes our, our buttons. buttons. And we're pushes, mm, our, pushes buttons. our buttons. There we go. Mixing the metaphors, metaphor mixing, metaphor mixing. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about the last thing not to say to kids when they're late right after this. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids, because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. The last thing that tends to come out of our mouths when our kids are late, you really need to be more responsible. It's that moral high ground one. It's the you don't have the qualities that it takes. You are such an insensitive human being who is not capable of doing things and you really need to be more responsible. Oh my gosh. I heard that said to me so often. What about you, Bray? That hurts. Like I I don't I I don't I don't know if I heard that, but I am sure that there is like a couple of times out of anger where I might have been like, yeah, you're you're just you're you're killing us all here. You're kill say it in a funny way. You're killing us smalls. You're killing us all. <laughs> like we can't we can't make it out. Cause like when my yeah my my son who is now uber responsible when he was in elementary and middle school was the chronic late one, like always made us late, always. And it just got old after a while. You're like, we've given you so many chances. You've come up with a million different solutions. None of them have worked. And in your anger, that's the thought process that goes through your head. It's just what you said. It, it like, well, it, you're, you're incapable of doing it. And then, and then I where is the motivation to try after you've been told that you're incapable? Yeah. I mean, how do you become more responsible? What are the steps? Yeah. Like, what's the, where's the rule book? <laughs> where's the guide to become more responsible? Like, it's not anything that I could follow up on. It's like, I think the adult equivalent of this that gets said in workplaces is you need to be better managing your time. <laughs> That's like, okay, now that one I've ultimate, heard. Okay. <laughs> That's like the ultimate in shame because, like, our first one, you, you don't know where to go from there. And the person telling you that is assuming what the issue is. 
when really when you talk about responsibility and time management, I mean, it could be an ADHD issue. Yeah. Like we know, like Bree, just you explaining everything that you go through, it's like all symptoms of ADHD. Oh, yeah. And I have those as well. It's like we're always, like, we've, we've always been working with like a broken down car, been trying to fix mm-hmm. it and make it work. And we were just lucky enough. And I, I say we like literally like you and I were lucky enough to make it through. But now we see it in our kids and we're like, damn, that's hard. God, I wish somebody would have given me a couple of tools. Or maybe been like, hey, we can get you a new engine and it'll work better. (laughs) And not so much of the self-shame. Yeah. Because a lot of it comes from, oh my gosh, I see so many other people doing this. Why can't I do it? Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I would used to go when I was in high school. I remember my junior year, I had a friend, Isabel, and she's like, oh my gosh, I spent like till midnight studying last night. And I did all of these things and I read all these like really boring stuff like the history book stuff like I could never keep my focus and attention on and I would always think that there was something wrong with me I was not responsible enough that I would actually study for tests before they happened (laughs) and I always did okay like I had my ways to get through but when you tell kids oh you should be more responsible it's they go into self-shame mode yeah because the immediate thought is well why can't I do this and everyone else can? That's like the type of kid I was. Or they go on the defensive and they're like, well, F this then. I'm not even going to try. Right? And like, like, that's exactly because you're mm-hmm. you're setting up somebody to believe that they have a fault within them that cannot be fixed. Mm-hmm. So why would you put any more energy and effort towards it? Especially yeah. if it's something that just continuously comes back as being pointed out as something that they don't like about you. So, Mm -hmm. I mean. It's a trait. Yeah. And like the you should be more responsible is nothing that's going to encourage them to do better. It's nothing. And usually there is something else going on that needs to be not fixed, but needs to be found out. Addressed. So addressed so that you can help your child problem solve through it to actually get the results of being on time. Um, and a lot of people see that and they're like, oh, you're you're coddling them. You're like not tough enough with them. You should really be stricter with them. So then and, I would say, wait a second. Like, okay, because I'm married. Yeah. I was married to this person. I know. And I, I know it's a trigger actually for you. I was and I, say, I chose my language on purpose. Joanne's over there in her head going, you in there. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, because I hear this a lot. And what I hear is like, you coddle too much. You, you don't give them enough responsibility. And it's like, okay. Um, I hear what you're saying, but how is it when I tell them, let's figure it out? How is that coddling? How is Mm -hmm. it by having them actually use real life problem solving skills? How is that not preparing them for the real world? Like, yeah, because because we're preparing them in a safe environment where Mm -hmm. they are more willing to take risks and they're more willing to try things out because a lot of us have a fear of failure. Right. Like, I mean, I think that's pretty much human nature for 99 percent of the population a fear of failure, right? And that fear of failure a lot of times is what keeps us from trying out different different techniques. And I mean, this could be used on a much grander scale, but even just talking about getting ready in the morning, like if you think that 
you've got an idea. Oh, but it probably is going to suck and it's probably not going to work. You're not even going to try it out of that fear of failure. But if they're in a safe environment with it, with you, then they can try it and they can actually start that whole problem solving technique of like, well, this didn't work. That kind of helped me get a little bit faster. What if I tweak it this way? But they'll never practice it if they're not given a safe environment to try. Exactly. It's all about making that safe environment for kids. That is the underlying theme and thread throughout this whole episode. Because all of the things we said not to say say to kids, it's really damaging the safe environment for trial, for error, for figuring out the reasons behind things. And if you say one of these things to your kids, like, it's okay, it's okay. It just gives you a chance to repair and come back and be like, hey, I was angry and stressed and I shouldn't have said that this morning. I am sorry. And working from there. That's all we can do as parents. Bree and I, we are not perfect at all. Those things come out of our mouths as well. (laughs) And it just gives a chance for us to repair the situation and go forward from there. And I hope, if anything, it teaches our kids that it's okay to apologize. It's okay to admit Mm -hmm. that you're wrong. It's not not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength that you're willing to admit that you were wrong and to, all right, but, and and wrong isn't that's the other thing too. Like I think too many times, like we get stuck in the whole wrong thing. Like admitting that you're wrong doesn't necessarily mean that you were like completely not knowledgeable. It just means like, oops, I that situation I handled, I handled it wrong. So I'm going to handle it better next time. Talking them through your thought process. Yeah, and there's so much freedom that comes once you can accept that it's okay to apologize mm-hmm. because a lot of the stress comes away then with getting it perfect. Because you're never going to get it perfect. Yep. But if you know that you always have that repair as an option, you get to come back to it again and again and again. And I love it. I love I love being able to repair. It's actually one of the best relationship builders between me and my kids is our abilities to repair with each other. Yeah. So try it. Let us know any questions that you have. So if you haven't already, Brie and I have a favor to ask you. Can you rate and review this podcast? It really helps us get the word out to many more moms who need it, many more moms who need to stop, who need the permission to stop feeling bad about the things they do, to know that they are not alone, and to give them a positive outlook for what's possible and what relationship is possible with their kids. And until next time, remember, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. 
My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.